Welcome to Scholastic Reads, our podcast about books, authors, and the joy and power of reading. I'm your host, Suzanne McCabe, Editor-at-Large at Scholastic. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't met Eva the Owlet, you're in for a treat. She's headed to Apple TV Plus for her own animated series. It debuts on March 31st. Eva is the adorable creation of New York Times bestselling author Rebecca Elliott. Her Owl Diary series, narrated by Eva Wingdale, is designed to foster a love of reading in young children. It's part of Scholastic's Branches, a line of early chapter books with riveting stories, fun characters, and engaging art. Rebecca will be participating in this year's World Read Aloud Day, which takes place on February 1st. For 13 years, World Read Aloud Day has called attention to the importance of sharing stories by challenging participants to grab a book, find an audience, and read aloud. The global effort created by nonprofit LitWorld and sponsored by Scholastic is celebrated annually in more than 173 countries. This year, for the first time, there will be a live readathon featuring Rebecca and other beloved Scholastic authors, including Dave Pilkey and Brian Selznick. You can access the schedule at scholastic.com slash World Read Aloud Day. Now, I'm delighted to welcome author Rebecca Elliott back to the podcast. She's joining us from her home in the United Kingdom. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Suzanne. Lovely to be here. Tell us about the Owl Diary series and the charming narrator, Eva Wingdale. Eva Wingdale. Eva Wingdale, she's a creative and adventurous outlet, and she lives in Treetopolis next to her best friend Lucy, of course, with her family. She's got a little brother and an older brother who can be a bit of a pain sometimes in her parents. She goes to uh, Treetop Elementary School with her friends, and she, she just gets up to lots of adventures, starts a lot of clubs, bless her. Uh, yeah, it's about her, it's about her friends, it's about her school, and the fact that she's an owl, so she can... She can fly. She's nocturnal. She goes to school during the night. Is that right? She does. She's awake at night. Yeah. So I, I love it with, with owls. It works so well because owls, obviously, they're all around us. I, in fact, I can hear owls most nights here. But you rarely ever see them. So you can, you can almost imagine that owls have this secret world where they, that they do go to school. And they do speak to each other on their pine cone phones and all those kinds of things. You could almost believe that these things exist. Well, I can anyway. That's why I wrote the book. And what was the inspiration for the series and for Eva? Well, my elastic editor, Katie Corella, came to me in uh, 2014. And she'd already started the Branches series. And Al Diaries is part of the, the, the Branches series, but Branches the Gap, you know, between picture books and, and early readers uh, and chapter books, really. And she came to me with, with this idea. So basically, she, she'd been talking to a colleague, and this colleague's daughter, called Eva, was obsessed with owls, basically. She was obsessed with owls. And she kind of said, well, what if there was an owl book? That had got back to my editor, Katie Crowley. I thought it was a fantastic idea. 
she meanwhile had uh, I'd never met Katie before, but she'd seen some artwork that I'd done online of owls because I'm a bit obsessed with owls and anything sort of woodland creaturey, frankly. So she saw some artwork that I'd done, obviously thought it would work, and then she she'd read several books that I've written because I've, I've written quite a lot of picture books. So she kind of she read through them. Obviously, she thought it was a good fit. She reached out to me and said, "Look, we've got this sort of vague idea of an owl writing a diary." We like your artwork. We like your writing style. Why don't you, can, can you pitch a chapter to us kind of thing? And my imagination just went, and it almost ripped the whole book in a week. I didn't, but I, I got very fired up very quickly and had all these ideas, all these characters and the, and the names of the places they live and, you know, Treetop Elementary. And the rest, I guess, is history, really. I'm now working on book 19. So it's crazy. It's been a crazy ride. And I just, I'm so lucky. Frankly, I'm an incredibly lucky girl. I get paid to sit around in my pajamas and think up stories about adorable owls. I mean, come on. You got to love it. Like an owl yeah. writing a diary. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Why not? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> One of the characters is named Sue Clausen, and she is a yes. meanie. Could you tell us about Sue Clausen? I think everybody had a Sue Clausen. I think everybody did have a Sue Clausen. I, I like that as the books go on, you, you do see the other side of it. Sue's actually one of my favourite characters. In the first book, she's very much referred to as Meanie McMeanison, which is what Eva calls this girl, Al, because she can be a bit mean. And in my head, she always talks like this. This is Sue, like Eva. I don't know what you're doing there, but I don't like it. And I would do it so much better. So that's, <laughs> that's Sue in my in my mind, and I just love writing her lines. They're always very funny, but you do see the soft side of Sue in so many books now, and I love that um, as well. Because, yes. you know, part, part of growing up is learning you're not going to get on fantastically with everyone. That's just not how life works. But if you can make it work with the people who you find a little bit more tricky, shall we say, then, <laughs> then everyone will be happy. So I, I, I do love Sue, yes, Sue Clawson. This isn't just a great reading experience for young people, but also lots of life lessons, which I just love. I think so. Kids will smell a moral uh, a mile off. So if you try and sort of shove a moral down their throat, of course, they're not going to want to read that. And you should never steal children. You know, nobody wants to. But, but if you can, it, it sounds a bit bigging myself up, but if you can impart some sort of just tiny little life lessons in a fun way, then then why not? And and the thing is that The Owl Diaries is really, I, I wrote the kind of book that I would have wanted to read when I was sort of eight or nine. And I, maybe that's maybe that's why it worked. Maybe, maybe I'm such a, a child inside. I can literally still imagine what I was like when I was eight or nine. And I just write for that child. And I was I, obsessed with animals and nature but also, of course, being that age, obsessed with my friends, my family. I loved starting clubs. I once started a club called the Hector Club after my little fluffy dog called Hector. We didn't do anything, but I made them all membership cards, all my friends, made them sit in the corner of the playground at lunchtime. And that was it. That's what the club did. We just sat around in the corner. So I loved it. He was always starting clubs. See? So I, I loved all that stuff. And, of course, family and friends – I mean, it should always be the most important thing, really. But particularly at that age, it's it's everything. It's everything. But if you can get in some fantastical adventure in there, and of course, the main characters fly. I mean, they're like superheroes, you know, because they, they, they're owls. They, they fly. They're awake at night. They've got super duper hearing. You know, they've got all these kind of really cool extra things. 
but I hope, I think at the same time, they're <laughs> ridiculously, I suppose, they're quite relatable to boys and girls that kind of age because they go to school and talk to their friends and get into adventures and all of that stuff. They absolutely are. Now, as you said, these books almost wrote themselves, but I really, I'm sure a lot of thought and care went in. So I'd love to know the creative process between writing and mm. illustrating the books. Like, Which comes first, the words or the drawings? Yes, it depends. Um, it depends on, on what book I'm writing. But I mean, with Al Diaries, it, it was a bit of both. But as I recall, I did want to get the illustration style down first because the, these books are so heavily illustrated. It's amazing to be able to do you know, an 80-page book. Every page has got color illustrations. I mean, that, that in itself is amazing. <laughs> we weren't able to do that years ago. It's incredible. And I wanted to kind of make the illustrations almost look like, almost look like Eva could have done them herself. They look like she could have collaged them. They've all got patterns in. And Eva herself is kind of like really easy to draw. She's a lot of circles. She's very round. She's got the round beret on. So getting getting her right, and she has pretty much stayed exactly the same. I think the colour of the stripes on her legs was different. And that was about it for the first time I drew her. So that came first. And, and then kind of I sketch in the writing a bit like I sketch in the drawings I sketch in the writing so every book starts tiny and and grows organically and it's a process it's a collaborative process really with my editors what have you but so every book will start basically as a title maybe maybe then go to a sentence and then from there we work up a paragraph like does this work and then from there we start to do or I start to do a chapter breakdown what's going to happen in each chapter because these books are they're very easy to, to read. I mean, that's the that's the point of them. So that each chapter is a, a sort of a certain length. It's all very manageable. So a kid could read a chapter really quite easily on their own early reads of an evening and put it down. And something's happened in every chapter. Every chapter kind of ends on some sort of cliffhanger. So it makes them want to pick up the book the next time. So that's all important to get the chapters right and get the pacing of the story. And these are all the branches books, very fast paced. And I think this is why, I mean, I hear from... I mean, so many kids. Goodness me, I get lots of letters. It's amazing. But also, I, amazingly, I hear from lots and lots of parents saying, in fact, I have three messages today. And I never get over it. I never get, it's, it never becomes blase to get these letters. But it's like, you know, my child has learning difficulties or my child has uh, dyslexia or my child was a, very, it was a reluctant reader. And it was our diaries that gets them reading every night. And now we look forward to story time. And I mean, goodness me, that's amazing. The TV series, which I know we'll discuss later, is amazing. But frankly, those letters are just as, just oh, as incredible. You know? That is wonderful to hear. I would have loved this book as a child. And I loved that it's on lined paper. Like you do really feel like you're in Eva's diary. I hope so. I hope it does feel like that. I, I think it does. I think maybe that's partly why it's become incredibly amazingly popular. I think kids can think. I could I could write this kind of diary about my day. The only difference would be I don't fly or um, eat bugs. You know, hopefully they don't eat bugs. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> or slugs, the slug sandwich from yeah. your mom. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> could you read an excerpt from one of Eva's diaries for us? This is Meanie McMeanison. This is what the chapter's called. Friday. Tonight was not a good night. First, Miss Featherbottom told our class about the festival. The Bloomtastic Festival will be next Thursday. There will be four contests for you to enter, and I will be giving out prizes next Friday. 
that's my Mrs. Wilberton. Then she asked me to come up front. I was a bit nervous as I flew up there. I told everyone how the festival is all about flowers. Then I told them where to sign up for the contests. Everything was going well. Awesome. Great idea, Eva. But then Sue Clawson said something really bossy. Why are you in charge, Eva? Who made you festival queen? My wings got all shaky. Everyone was looking at me. I did not like it. Um, I, I'm in charge of the festival because uh, it was my idea and I want everyone to have fun. I don't want anyone else to have to worry about getting things ready. Well, I should be in charge of the fashion show. My mum is a fashion designer. Uh, I've got that taken care of, but thank you, Sue. I flew back to my seat. Sue is always sticking her beak into my business, and she's always so mean. Her name should be Meanie McMeanison. One time, Sue told me my mum makes stinky sandwiches. This is true, but she still shouldn't have said it. Then Miss, Miss Featherbottom stood up. Settle down, everyone. I'm sure Eva will ask for some help, and I want you all to have Sue's excellent, helpful attitude. You're setting a wonderful example, so thank you. After I organised the amazing festival, I hope Miss Featherbottom will say something nice like that about me too. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell that I have fun with that chapter. Oh my goodness. mm. Now when I read, I'm going to hear Miss Featherbottom in that way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, she does sound like that in my head. They they all feel quite alive. I've been writing the series for years now. And they all, it feels like they're alive in my head. Little owls flying around my brain. And it jumps off the page. You can see why the series is wildly, wildly popular with young people. And now it's inspired a new animated TV series, Eva the Owlet from Apple Eva TV+. Plus. Absolutely. What can you tell us about it? Well, what can I tell you? I can tell you that there will be eight, no less than eight episodes released on Friday, March 31st. Around the globe. I mean, amazingly, it's going to be released in over 100 countries. I can't even name over 100 countries. But, the, but anyway, so eight, eight episodes about Eve the Hour. And it's, I have seen a, a tiny bit of it. And it's just amazing how they have brought my illustrations to life. And it's, it's 3D, you know, it's beautiful. You just want to hug them. They're so squidgy. But it also, they've just brought the whole vibe of the books. It's funny, it's fun, it's fast-paced, it's cute as anything. And they've still got the sort of journaling, diary writing element in there. I mean, I, I just, I obviously I like it because it's based on my books. But I, I, honestly, it's such a classy show. I'm just, I am blown away. The girl who voices Eva is just incredible talent. I mean, the talent in the show is just off the scale. And the amount of detail that's gone into the writing of it, I mean, they have meetings around the table to make sure every word is right. It's just, I am blown away, blown away. I was already blown away that there was a TV series being made. And then when I get to see little bits of it and learn more about it, I'm just like, in my wildest dreams, I didn't know it'd be that good, honestly. Oh, Rebecca, I'm so happy for you. This is what a dream. absolute, Absolute dream, yeah. Speaking of global reach, you are participating in this year's World Read Aloud Day, which takes place on February 1. Yes, I will be reading out loud when it comes to me. And obviously I'll be reading out loud. It'd be weird if they just tuned in for me for half an hour and I'm just reading to myself, just sitting there. Yes, I'll be <laughs> reading out loud. Uh, and also what I'm really excited about, I mean, all the authors involved are amazing. I've been watching all of them. But there's a Spanish reading of Aldo's 
by the woman who translated Albo's. So, I mean, I won't understand it, but my goodness, I'm looking forward to hearing Aldari's, the Spanish version. I mean, wow, 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 So the whole day, is, it's just going to be, it's going to be phenomenal, frankly. It's so important. I want you to tell our listeners what makes reading aloud really so beneficial to children in so many ways. Many, many studies, um, adults, I mean, anecdotally, you can see it, you can see it happening, have shown just like the educational, if you like, benefits of, of children reading out loud, you know, from vocabulary, the comprehension, you know, understanding what they're reading, confidence in their own voice. Just reading out loud just affirms the value of reading because reading, you know, obviously we know in itself is so important, but reading out loud just kind of confirms it. All of these are fantastic, phenomenal reasons, and I'm not doing them down. But for me, I mean, you're never going to get a kid to read out loud, but you're never going to get a kid to do anything by bigging up the educational benefits of something. So, so for me, that's not the main reason why you should read out loud. The main reason is it's fun and it's about sharing stories. To be human is to want to share stories. And for me, that you know, that all this stuff is fantastic. Of course, it improves all that stuff. But for me, sharing stories is just it's just a special thing. It's like watch it's like watching a film. It's great to watch a film on your own. But if you watch a film with someone else, you get to talk about it afterwards. You get to share that experience together. You know, it makes it a hundred times better. And it's the same with books. If you're sharing a book, even if you're reading to your mum or your mum's reading to you, your dad or you're reading with your class, or you're reading with a friend, whatever it is, if you're sharing that, it's a shared experience. You're in it. And Films and TV are great, but books put you in the action. That's the thing that you don't get from films, TV. All stories are fantastic, but books put you in the action. If you're in there with a friend or a parent or whatever it is, then it just brings the whole thing to life. And and also, of course, you get to uh, do the voices, as we talked about earlier. You get to do the voices and, and you get to get, give drama to the piece. If you're reading a scary book, then you slow down. And you leave the pauses, you know, all of that stuff. Or you get to make things funnier. You, you read a funny book and you're reading it out loud and the person you're reading it to laughs. I mean, my goodness, that's an amazing thing. So I, there, there's, sorry, I, I do like to bang on about this, but I really think reading out loud is just a fantastic thing. It's just a good thing for communities and sharing and bonding about words because words are beautiful and so much more beautiful than you can say about that. We're looking forward to so much great content from Scholastic on World Read Aloud Day. But I just wondered, besides the Owl Diaries series, are there any particular books or series you'd recommend to parents who are looking for a great read aloud? Yeah, I mean, obviously I would say any book by Rebecca Elliott is, uh, you know, <laughs> it's obviously the best. No, I, I would say, uh, thinking about this, I mean, honestly, any book you like is better read out loud, you know, if you can share. And it doesn't even be books, comics, my 10-year-old gets a fantastic kid's newspaper and he just lo- he loves it in the evening. He'll read out his favourite little stories from them in his little kid's newspaper. But in terms of uh, picture books for younger kids, you just can't beat The Gruffalo by Julia Donaldson. I just, it's so fun to read it out loud. And part of the success of The Gruffalo is obviously it's a fantastic story and kids love to, to hear it. Another big part of the success is parents love to read it because, my goodness, it's fun to read. It's, it's funny, but it's also the, the flow, the rhythm is just so pleasing to read. It's just fun. You know, it's fun all the way. Um, and for, for older kids, I was thinking, you know, I do think a scary book is a great read, uh, a great read aloud. 
And I, I would, my favorite would be the graveyard book by Neil Gaiman. I love Neil Gaiman anyway. The graveyard book, which is about a boy raised by ghosts in a graveyard. It's a fantastic tale. And each chapter kind of is a story in itself. So it's, it's very manageable. But reading it out loud, you've got so many characters because, as I say, you want to do the voices. And you've got all those scary moments where you can leave the dramatic pauses. That, for me, that's that kind of stuff as much. Well, it's been such a joy to talk with you, Rebecca. I can't wait for your read aloud. Is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap up? Uh, just if, if anyone's listening out there who has read Al Diaries or the child's read Al Diaries, uh, thank you because you're amazing and it's nothing without our readers. So thank you. My great thanks again to author Rebecca Elliott for joining me today. And thank you for listening. To learn more about World Read Aloud Day, the Owl Diaries series, and Rebecca, check the show notes or go to scholastic.com slash podcast. If you'd like to access the schedule of events for World Read Aloud Day and register your child, just go to scholastic.com slash World Read Aloud Day. Special thanks to producer Constance Gibbs, sound engineer Daniel Jordan, and music composer Lucas Elliott Eberle. I'm Suzanne McCabe. We look forward to sharing more Scholastic Reads next time.